I will say something that I've been waiting to say for a very long time. Welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking how long it would take for me to get through the students. Yes, this is a new revenue for the first to back in our sanctuary. And certainly welcome to all of those who are with us on the street. My name is Gordon Ritchie, and I will be your service leader this morning. It's wonderful to have you with us. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a liberal, religious, multi-generational community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritual questing individuals, joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, pursue the common good, and work for justice. We believe in the compassion for the individual heart. The warmth of community and the search for meaning in our lives. As we begin our time together, I would ask those of you in the sanctuary to make sure that you're supplied with any electronic devices that you may have with you. And for those of you on Zoom, I ask that you remain your service. May we be reminded here of our highest aspirations and inspired to bring our gifts of love and service to the altar. Of humanity. May we know once again that we are not isolated beings, but are connected to the mystery and miracle of the universe, to this community, and to each other. This morning, I share with you another of the new indigenous names that have been given to the Edmonton's 12 redrawn musical awards. The names were chosen by a panel of 17 indigenous women. The Committee of Indigenous Matriarchs. For the month of September, we acknowledge the Galakio Award, which is in the Millwoods area in Southeast Edmonton. It is a Mohawk word meaning tall, beautiful forests. This award also acknowledges the Mitchell First Nation Band. The band was settled in the Laxingham period, where a treaty was signed in 1855. The band was involuntarily franchised in 1958, and nearly all members of the Mitchell First Band lost their Indian status. In 1985, amendments were made to the Indian Act, restoring the status to 750 Mitchell Band members, but the members continued to fight for status land recognition. Sean Neil Barron writes, we gathered together as a community of seekers who honor the inter interdependence of life, who respect the dignity of all, and who honor the land we walk humbly upon. We are blessed with the space and opportunity to strive to live out our common principles, to bring justice, quality, and compassion into our daily lives, to resist all that threatens the earth and the people, and to live out our dream of a world community of peace, liberty, and justice for all. Let these thoughts carry us forth 
as we journey and worship together. Bless it. In returning to our church home, we bring our own individual energies back into our sanctuary. Let us also welcome the energies of the four directions. As you are willing and able here in the sanctuary and at home, I would ask that you rise in body and spirit as we welcome the four directions. Let us begin to face the east. Spirit of peace, spirit of air, of morning and springtime, be with us as the sun rises in times of beginning, nights of planting. Inspire us with a fresh breath of courage as we go forth into new adventures. And let us turn to the south. <laughs> spirit of the south, spirit of fire, of new times and summer, be with us through the heat of the day, help us to be ever growing. Warm us with the strength and energy of the work that awaits us. Please turn left, face the east. <laughs> spirit of the west, spirit of water, be with us as the sun sets and help us to enjoy the rich harvest. Flow through us with a cooling, healing quietness and bring us peace. And return to the Spirit of earth, of nighttime, be with us in the darkness, in the times of gestation. Ground us in the wisdom of the changing seasons as we celebrate the spiraling journey of our lives. Thank you. For the last too many months, our chalice has been virtually. We get to light it this morning. And so while we're planning the service, we're thinking two things would be asked to light our chalice. The first Sunday of us wanting to be back, the first Sunday of us being back in our sanctuary. And I wondered who would I ask to read the words to light our chalice? So to light our chalice, we've actually asked our Lord President Mike and to read the open heart and lighting chalice works. We have asked our new minister, Reverend Rosemary Mason. We light this chalice for all who are here and all who are not. For all who have ever walked through our doors, for those who may yet find this spiritual home, and for those who yet can't even imagine. For each of us and for all of us, may this flame burn warm and bright.
Our opening words are by Dory J. Summers, and they'll be read this morning by other words. House for our knees by Dory J. Summers. We, all of us, build houses for our duties. The masonry of lumber, glass, and tiles are solid forms wherein we see our hopes, sheltering protection for our throats. This house shall be a dwelling place for courage, for integrity, for love, and gender, nourished by a family that speaks of we and means all humankind. These walls shall represent the privacy and dignity of individuals. The open doors are welcome to all people, all ages, and all generations. The windows shall keep light within corners, illuminating from outside of within. May all words spoken here, born of love and energy, rekindle in the hearts of those who dream this house, who apply the tools and pay the price to actualize the dream. May dreaming never cease for those within, who know the world to be a troubled place, but dare to struggle with imperfectness for that bright hope, that better day. Let memories add warmth and add heritage, a quilted patchwork stitched with a history of kindness, of daring for the good of sunny moments, jokes and smiles, and as we know, lots of tears. This is a precious place, as is every home that shelters those who love and strive and share. Its blessing is in lives that meet within as we meet now, in living, learning, caring, and we shelter. Thank you, Audrey. May nothing evil cross this door, and may your fortune never find these windows. Our first hymn back into our sanctuary is God be thankful. As you are willing and able, I invite you in the sanctuary to rise and join the song. For those of you on Zoom, you'll find our words uh, coming up on the computer as well. Let us join in singing hymn number one, may nothing evil cross this. <laughs> Thank you. 
our community is entirely self-governing and self-supporting. One of the privileges of our free church tradition is to provide all of the financial support for our many ministries from among ourselves. Generosity, therefore, is one of the spiritual values we recognize as central to our personal and institutional well-being. In addition to supporting this church community, we also make a monthly commitment beyond our lives. Half of the unidentified cash that we receive is given to an outside organization, some local, some national, some international. For the month of September, we are sharing our abundance with Camp Firefly. Camp Firefly is a fun, educational, social, and personal leadership retreat for queer, trans, youth, ages 14 to 24. Campers explore their identity, build resilience, enhance self-esteem, and develop leadership skills that will personally affect, impact their lives, homes, schools, and communities. Workshops, mental health support, art programming, and community building are just some of the examples of what participants can expect. There are offering plates at both sides is in the sanctuary. We will not be passing around the collection plate this morning. I invite you to make a donation generously to Camp Firefly as you exit our service today. For those of you on Zoom, I encourage you to go to the Camp Firefly website for contribution. That way. I thank you in advance for your generosity and your support. With our times, our talents, and our money, we support the work of the community and our Unitarian Universalist traditions. Please remain seated as we sing together from your understanding. Once again, lit our chalice and beacon of love, beacon of hope, beacon of warmth, not only to our community, but to the greater community. We bless this space. So now I have a question for you. Is this the right place for you to be? Our sermon today is entitled Five Reasons. You should not be a Unitarian. How's that for the great service? It was first delivered by Reverend Daniel, Reverend Dr. Daniel Cantor of the Unitarian Church of Dallas, Texas, back in 2014. Cantor is still the minister at this congregation. As you will hear in his talk, he calls himself a Jewish, Buddhist, Unitarian, ex farmer, teacher. He writes, here are the five reasons you should not 
One, if you want to believe anything you want. I was talking to my daughter and my cousin who asked me what our church was all about. And I said, well, we're a church that believes that Jesus was a man and God is a mystery and salvation is acting on our principles. Which my daughter said, what? I thought we could believe anything we want. I don't want to be a part of that church. It's not true that we can believe anything we want. There are a lot of things we do not believe in. We do not believe in limiting people because of their race, gender, ability, or disability. We don't believe in unfairness toward anyone based on their choices, who they love, or what they do. We don't believe in destroying the environment. We don't believe that justice and poverty are just ill-fated accidents that we don't have any accountability to. There are limits to the freedom of belief around here, but they don't usually belong to the category of theology. Here there is variation on that topic, like in nature. There just isn't one answer. The only beliefs we don't want you to have in this church are the ones that guide you in ways that are destructive, violent, abusive, or create more evil than good. That includes thinking you have or want all the answers because you don't even have the questions. Thinking you have all the answers is not the way it is around here. That includes thinking about the notion of God, that yours is better than anybody else's, or that anyone's lack of a notion of God is better than anyone else's. We left open the question of God, knowing that to try to put God in the box is a perilous activity. That is why God of many names opens doors, relevant poses. Number two, you shouldn't be a Unitarian if you want to be only with people like yourself. If you don't like hobnobbing with the rabble, conservative, a lesbian, someone elderly, child, a Jewish, Buddhist, Unitarian, ex-farmer, teacher, turned minister, then out you go. This church values diversity like no business. I know that depending on who you are and what your perspective might be, you might look around and say, these people are all alike. But if you begin, you will find that that is not the case. We are not a church of tolerance. We are radically, genuinely, and wholeheartedly embracing of difference. That doesn't mean we tolerate bad behavior, though. A respectful treatment of each other is the key. It means we try to create a world, I'm sorry, try to create the change we want to create in the world, as Gavin said. We have a lot of work to do on that, but we keep trying. So if you want to be with people only like you, this may not be the place for you. If you are a Christian who doesn't think atheists should be here, or if you're an atheist who doesn't think fill in the blank should be here, it's 
not going to go well. When I look around, I see Christians, I see atheists, I see agnostics, I see people with earth-centered spirituality, I see all kinds of people. Above all, I see people seeking spiritual nourishment in a community of faith. And that's who we are. Number three, you shouldn't be a Unitarian if you have thin skin. I know it's hard for folks to come out as Unitarian. A minister I knew used to joke that it's harder to come out as a Unitarian in Dallas than it is to come out as gay or lesbian. <laughs> we are a paradigm shifting. We are asking paradigm shifting questions about religious life, especially in the paradigms of family or friends. If there is only one way to see just about everything in the world, we miss the richness of life. The problem for you who come here is that you will be judged on the standard paradigm that thinks there is only one way to be religious or that we are a cult or that we have no religion at all. Those thoughts are formulated without knowing anything about who we are. They're based on the paradigm that says no religion can be so open. You need thick skin to be a paradigm shifter. You also need thick skin because your minister will not always have the same views or opinions as you. Religious people have many complaints about their minister's opinions because they assume conformity with their own opinions. A difference of opinion, seeing more than one way, shifting paradigms is how we learn and deepen our lives. It's the part of the richness of being here. Four, and I'm borrowing this from a colleague who said to be part of our church, you have to know how to sin. Reverend Lawson said, this is very important, not everyone knows how to do it. We don't want people here who never do many things. We don't want people here who are holier than thee or thou. We don't want people who have made it in the Salvation Department and are just waiting around getting kicked out. <laughs> because people with too much heaven in them are hell to live with, he says. I say that Unitarians have always promoted that you are inherently good. And there are limitations, namely being alive. You are going to sin. You are going to be wrong. You are going to make mistakes. But it's not your true nature. We are here to help you get in touch more often with that true nature that true nature of being good. The whole now should not apply. But wrestling honestly with your demons, feelings lost, feelings despairing, feeling troubled, feeling off the rails of your life, now we can help. 
We may not solve troubles with easy answers, but we will walk with you. And that's the important part. If you have made it in the salvation department, I'm not sure that this is the place for you. Lastly, you shouldn't be a Unitarian if you don't want to be more generous, more compassionate, to serve others. That may be three things, but to me it's one. Because if you come here, we expect that your spirit is deepened in important ways, that you begin to suffer with others, that you begin to serve or sense that others' problems are not just theirs. That you too have a responsibility to hold the world in your hand, in your heart. And that that makes you a more generous person, not just in how you give your money, but how you approach life in meeting those that you know and those who don't know. That you give people benefit of the doubt before you judge them, that you hold others in esteem. That you know that when you meet someone, that they are a sacred being, and that you are not your sacred. That all of that leads to a life of service. And it doesn't mean quitting your job and becoming a social worker. It means finding ways to give back. You go to the food bank. Swing a hammer or slap some paint around the house, march in the private way, or give blood. To be generous of spirit, and then to be of service is to take justice seriously. That justice doesn't happen when we nod in that direction. You shouldn't be a Unitarian if you don't want to become more generous, more compassionate, or to serve others. We honor our Unitarians every time we extend a hand, knowing that God is too big to fit into a box, that all of us need places to be affirmed and challenged and held, that all of us are sacred beings brought to life. We know who we are. We hope if you're interested, you do too. Or at least have some questions. Questions are good. So are you. And I think we are pretty good at being a solid, meaningful, engaged, religious, and spiritual community. You can go all night. This is the place for you. May it be so. Bless it. Our next hymn, Yes, I've Chosen Another, favorite of ours that we've been sung together for a long time. Number 123, Spiritual Flight. For those of you here in the sanctuary, I invite you to look and see. And those on Zoom, let's join together and sing in number 121. <laughs> Thank you. 
Sunday we take some time during our service to acknowledge the joys, sorrows, connections, celebrations, concerns that not only affect our own personal lives, but the lives of those within our local and global community. For those of you on Zoom, using the chat button if you'd like to type in a thought and share if you'd like to have a thought not part of our recording service, please begin by using the video microphone. For those of you here in our sanctuary, this morning, I do have some takers here one at a time and come forward by the candle. And then we use a Thank you. 
I see the back of them several comments. If I may, I may be delighted to have a for all who are with us virtually. As we prepare for the time of quiet meditation, these words by Maureen Kilgore. Here in space, we are gathered, all by no sense of urgency, for the longing for community, all to be together on this day. Here in space, we are gathered. All to hold ourselves accountable to our values, to remind ourselves of those hopes and dreams, possibilities, 
which sometimes in rough and tough work, it can be hard to hold on to. Here, in this space, we are gathered. Call to do our part in weaving a web Here, in this space, some of us have come to those who are dealing with issues of health. We pray, we wish for courage, for healing. May we pause and pull gentle all the concerns they never be. For this day. And in the complexities of our community, it is right that in this space us. May we rejoice together, remembering the wisdom that says joys are multiplied when shared. We remember gratitude for all thankfulness for sunshine. Appreciation. For the simple taste of whatever food our lives and bodies let us choose. Here, in this space, we are called to weave the web of human community. May we pause in our silence. May we lift, lift up at least one blessing, one joy, no matter how small, has touched our life this week. May our shared silence be a blessing on our hearts of this community. And may this blessing extend outward to grace the wider world. Let's enter the silence together.
Trusting that this is the right place for you. 
it's important for us to take a moment to affirm we are as Unitarians. And so I invite Susan to. Unitarian Universalist congregations affirm and promote seven principles, which we hold as strong values and moral guides. We live out these principles within a living tradition of wisdom and spirituality, drawn from sources as diverse as science, poetry, scripture, and personal experience. As Reverend Barbara Wells can hold explains, the principles are not dogma or doctrine, but rather a guide for those of us who choose to join and participate in the Unitarian Universalist religious communities. First principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Reverend Dr. Rebecca F. Parker writes, reverence and respect for human nature is at the core Unitarian Universalist faith. We believe that all the dimensions of our being carry the potential to do good. We celebrate the gifts of being human, our intelligence and capacity for observation and reason, our senses of ability to appreciate beauty, our creativity, our feelings and emotions. We can use our gifts to offer love, to work for justice, to heal injury, to create pleasure for ourselves and others. Second principle, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Reverend Emily Gage writes, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations points us towards something beyond humanity. It points us to a larger community. It reminds us that treating people as human beings is not simply something we do one on one, but something that has systemic implications and can inform our entire cultural way of living. Compassion is something that we can easily act on individually. We can demonstrate openness, give people respect, and treat people with kindness on our own. But we need one another to achieve equity and justice. Third principle, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Reverend Ralph Hardy's writes, spiritual growth isn't about a vertical ascent to heaven, but about growth in every dimension at once. It's spirituality in 3D. We need souls that can take in the world in all its complexity and diversity, yet still maintain our integrity. And we need souls that can love and be in relationship with all of this complexity. Fourth principle, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Reverend Paige Getty writes, as responsible religious seekers, we recognize that we are privileged to be free, to have resources to pursue life beyond being survival, to continually search for truth and meaning, to exist beyond bonds, dogma, and oppression, and to wrestle freely with truth and meaning 
as they evolve. This privilege calls us not to be isolated and self-centered, believing that our simple perspective trumps all others. Rather, to be humble, to be open to the great mysteries of truth and meaning that life offers. Fifth principle, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. Reverend Teresa Parsa writes, in our religious lives, the democratic process requires trust in the development of each individual conscience, a belief that such development is possible for each of us, as well as a commitment to cultivate our own conscience. Sixth principle, the goal of world community, peace, liberty, and justice for all. Reverend Sean Parker Dennison writes, the sixth principle seems extravagant in its hopefulness and improbable in its prospects. Can we continue to say we want a world community, peace, liberty, and justice for all? The world is full of genocide, abuse, terror, war. What have we gotten ourselves into? As naive or impossible as this sixth principle may seem, I'm not willing to give up on it. In the face of our culture's apathy and fear, I want to imagine and help create a powerful vision of peace by peaceful means, and to live as if we believe that a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all is possible. There is no guarantee that we will succeed but I can assure you that we will improve ourselves and improve the world by trying. Seventh principle, respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are part. Reverend Forrest Gilmore writes, our seventh principle, respect for the interdependent web of all existence, is a glorious statement. Yet we make a profound mistake when we limit it to merely a environment ideal. Our seventh principle may be our Unitarian Universalist way of coming to fully embrace something greater than ourselves. The interdependent web, expressed as the spirit of life, ground of all being, the oneness of all existence, the community for fire, the process of life, the creative force, even God, can help us develop that social understanding of ourselves that we in our culture so desperately need. It is a source of meaning to which we can dedicate our lives. Thank you, Susan. So now that we know who we are, we need to be here, need to be here, yes, that's what I said. And that we understand who we are as Unitarians, that makes us all architects of fate. Our theme for the month of September is endless possibilities. Yes, let's all be architects and explore these possibilities. Our closing theme is that the two meetings, all our architects, those at home, our Zoom, and 
join us as we sing here in the sanctuary with you in the The church is not a place. It is a people. The church is not only a steeple above tree line, streets, and cars, rather, it is a people proclaiming to the world that we are here for the work of healing and of justice. The church is not walls built stone upon stone, held together by mortar, but rather person, linked with person, linked with person ages and genders and abilities community built on the foundation of reason faith and love the church is not just a set of doors open on sunday morning but the commitment day after day and moment after moment of our all fear, all love, and hope in our resilient hearts, gathering however we can to say to the world, welcome, come in, lay down your heartache, pick up hope. For the church is us, each and every one of us, together, Beacon of hope to this world that sorely needs it. I would ask Mike and Rosemary, Reverend Rosemary, to come forward to extinguish our chance. Words by Maddie Safant. We extinguish this flame, but keep its light in our heart with its message of love and justice, taking it outside these walls to the world that we live in until we are together.
Thank you. For those of you at home, for those of us in the sanctuary, our closing song is carried the flame. I'm trying to figure out how we in the sanctuary do this. Normally, I'll join. You can't do that. Just know that on, online. We're not doing it. What I would suggest is that you see how many people, while you're singing, how many people you're making up. And let everyone know here and at home that we are all carrying this flame inside of us together until we are together. Let's rise and sing. Thank you. Please be seated. We have some announcements. The first thing that I need to do is rest very, very hearty. Well deserved thanks to many people who have made this service possible. And I'm going to begin by thanking Jennifer Jennifer has once again taken on the role of volunteer coordinator. So I would encourage you all of here, all of you on Zoom, give her a call before she contacts you. There are many roles that need to be filled lovingly within our community for the Sunday services and beyond. I uh, encourage you to um, support as much as, as best as you can. So thank you, Jennifer. Our greeters, of course, um, uh, Susan, Ratan, Ruth on sound. Thank you, Ruth. Um, Audrey Brooks, Reverend Morrison, uh, Mike, uh, Karen on piano. So nice to hear that piano be played again. Um, I also need to, to express my thanks to the um, oh, tech team, Andrew. I thank you for keeping our, our Zoom going. Uh, also for the reopening team, of which I was a part, who made this happen within the, with us getting back in the building. Mike Keast, Andrew, and Reverend Rosemary. Um, just a little heads up, Reverend Rosemary gets her first service with us next year. Oh, next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can have... I can actually, I can actually see next week. How was that for, for course of happening? Oh my God! Yes, next week, next week, next Sunday. Reverend Rosemary is here. So we're back here in the minister in the house, and we're so looking forward to that. So thank you all so very much. Make sure you're checking your Friday uh, email newsletters. There's much information coming out up there. Uh, for those of you on chat, please stay in line and understand that um, uh, there will be opportunity for you to continue to have a little bit of a chat online. For you, those of you here at the sanctuary, please uh, feel free to uh, stay in a little chat. Uh, please exit through these two exits only and make your donation to Campfire Fund as well. Uh, you've had inbox with you. Please leave them on your chairs uh, before you leave. Are there any other announcements here in the sanctuary at this time? No, nope, I'm thinking no. 
for you at home, go have yourself some coffee. Um, not having coffee here, unfortunately, at this time. Um, thank you so much, all of you, for being with us this morning. Let's go forth with joy.